Welcome to Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. We're glad you've joined us. Here we go. We've been in the series, Hear My Prayer. Oftentimes, what can hang us up in our, in our journey, in our faith journey with the Lord, is how we pray. Last week, we talked about uh, the what is prayer. We talked about how prayer is work. That anything worth going for, anything worth striving for, anything worth attaining, it takes some work, right? If you want to grow in your relationship with God, what do you have to do? You have to pray. Pray require, praying requires work, too. Also, last week, we discussed this, that prayer is communication. Prayer is not only saying words, speaking words, but also sitting in, in postures of meditation and saying, God, I want to listen to what you have. And also when we talked about what is prayer, we also discussed that prayer is balanced interactions. A lot of times we look at our prayer life as petitioning to God of what we need. When prayer at numerous times can be not only petitions, but thankfulness, confessions, and praise to God. So tonight, not only are we going to kind of continue that move, but we're going to talk about what prayer requires. And I want to give you three uh, words tonight of what prayer requires. The first word that I want you to write down is this, prayer requires grace. Prayer requires grace. When I was uh, in college, I had to take a summer internship, and uh, at this point in my life, I knew God called me into full-time ministry, which is being a pastor. And I knew he called me, and uh, I, I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. But I, I opened the doors, and I pursued the opportunities that presented themselves. And uh, I had this great fear throughout my whole college, and that was speaking in front of people. Ironic, right? Like, here I am now speaking in front of people. And I remember this specific time. I'm in my summer internship, three years of Bible college, and I'm already like, God, I can't speak in front of people. Whenever I stand in front of people, my heart goes out of my chest, anxiety raises, and I'm in trouble. I can't remember anything when the lights pop on. And so I remember being in this, uh, this moment, my internship, in the middle of it, and thinking, man, this ministry thing is not for me. And then when we're there speaking in front of people, we're at a church event this particular night, and uh, the pastor says, hey, Blake, why don't you pray? And I'm like, I can't talk in front of people, so I can't pray in front of people. So now two things that are very insecure that are popping up in front of me, speaking in front of people, now praying in front of people. Now, whenever you pray in front of somebody, you know, sometimes people are like, oh man, can he pray? Can he not? Does he say eloquent words? Does he not? I don't know if you've ever been there, right? Like whenever you have to pray out loud. And I remember this, this, this moment in my life, this moment in the summer internship, and I'm praying, it's over this church function, and, I, and I'm just like, all right, God. So I'm praying over the food while I'm praying in my mind to God. I'm saying, God, help me with this prayer. God, help me pray over this food. Hope this hot dog tastes good, right? So I'm in this church function, I pray, and I close out the prayer, and man, I thought I just nailed a home run. I was like, whoo, that was eloquent, that was smooth. God, you got it. God, you are good. You show up. Maybe I can do this church pastor thing at some point in my life, okay? That's where I was. After I say amen, this lady comes over and says, Blake, you didn't pray in Jesus's name. I said, what do you mean? You didn't pray in Jesus's name. Seriously, I sat there and I was like, I missed the prayer formula and I am now extremely insecure. God, what have you done? You left me on this island. I missed that formula. And then it brought me to this deep dive 
in John chapter 14, verse 13. So we're going to follow along there, and this is where we come to an understanding of what prayer requires when it comes to grace. It says this, John 14, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, what Jesus is teaching right here, what he's showing us right here to his disciples and for the people to come is that whenever you ask something in Jesus' name, Jesus is highlighting that he is the bridge, that Jesus is filling the gap, that Jesus is the reason we can approach the grace of throne, the throne of grace. Jesus is, is, is exhibiting that without him, we can't have access to the Father. That whenever we pray, we need to keep that posture of Jesus, thank you. Jesus, it is because of you, it is because I call on your name that I can petition God for my needs. Jesus, it's because of what you did on the cross that I can call on God and praise. Jesus, it's what you did on the cross that I can say to you that I can lift up God's name and be so thankful and confess some of the dire things in my life. See, prayer requires grace. So when Jesus says here, whatever you do, I will, whatever you ask, ask in my name, he's saying that it's this understanding of grace. Now it raises the question, anytime we pray, do we have to pray always and say, in Jesus' name? Well, Scholars have debated this, theologians have debated this, and I just want to highlight three instances where Jesus is prayed to after his ascension. There's three prominent ones. We see the first Christian martyr is by this man of the name Stephen in the book of Acts. He, he's being stoned to death at, at the heels of the apostle Paul or Saul at the time, and he looks to heaven and he, Lord, and he says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then there's this example of Paul when Paul is referring to Jesus and Lord in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I sought the Lord three times for a removal of the thorn. The example of the early church in, chapter, in Acts chapter 4, they offered a prayer again to the Lord who is Jesus. So I give these examples because a lot of people get confused with the regard to prayer. But as common theme throughout all of Scripture is that God is more concerned on what's taking place internally than doing everything exactly right externally. In this case, praying the right way. So I want to encourage you, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, whatever you face, when you enter into that time of prayer, be living in that moment and in that posture and saying, God, I'm just so grateful for the grace of your son Jesus in our life. God, I'm so grateful that I have this opportunity to lean in and call on your name because of what Jesus did on the cross. I love how J.I. Packer, the late theologian, puts it when he talks about this idea of prayer because we believe in God, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he says this, I pray to the Father through, med through mediation of the Son and the enabling of the Holy Spirit. I may speak also to the Son and the Spirit directly when it is appropriate. That is, when I am praying about something that Scripture specified as a direct concern of either. So I would just want to encourage you today, wherever you're at, 
pray and seek grace because prior, because prayer requires grace. Number two for us this evening is this, fear and loving all, fear and loving all. If we're not careful, we can draw this conclusion, this one dimension of who God is. The American concept of love is this teddy bear, this emotional, this feel concept of love. But how many of you know if people love you, they speak some hard truths to you, right? If people love you, they show you some discipline. If people love you, they, they coach you in the right direction. They have the hard conversations. I remember I grew up with Proverbs 1, uh, 1 verse 7. Uh, it says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. For myself, until about the age of 21, when I was out of my parents' house, it was fear of my father. He kept me in the straight and narrow. He showed me love. I look back and I say, Dad, thank you for the discipline that you've revealed in my life. In Exodus 33, 18, we get this different picture with Moses and his approach. He wants to draw closer to God. So I think anytime we pray, anytime we come into this moment of saying, I want to draw close, God, I want to lean into your grace, we always have to remember who we're approaching, who we're calling on. In Exodus 33, 18, we see this dimension of who God is. Moses responded, and then show me your glorious presence. He's wanting to see God. And the Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you, for I will show mercy to anyone I choose. I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not directly you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, look, stand near me on this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. See, Moses, he desired to grow closer to God. But what's, ir what's ironic is Moses was protected by God from God, which is the story of the gospel. See, prayer requires this, this understanding of God's greatness, holding in this fear and loving awe, saying, God, I am petitioning you. God, I'm calling on you. I mean, when we think about it, think on who we are calling on, who we are singing about. When we're saying, Jesus, 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 we're honoring, God, we're honoring him. We're saying, God, move in, our way, move in our lives in ways we can't even imagine, can't even picture, can't even see, can't even comprehend. I mean, if you ever, like Florida lifestyle, we'd like to be on a boat. If you ever go out to the ocean, you see the majesty of this great creator. And I think sometimes we get so enamored or wrapped up in our American culture that we forget that, oh, if God loves me, then he answer my prayer. When really it's, who are we calling on? This great I am. So I want to encourage you today, not only can your God answer your prayers, remember who you're approaching. What's your approach look like? Are you saying, God, I, I know you can answer. God, I know you will show up in my life. So prayer requires one grace. Prayer also requires fear and loving all. To be amazed, to be astonished by his majesty, his power, his greatness, his vastness. And then number three, prayer requires this complete helplessness, complete 
helplessness. One theologian said it this way, prayer and helplessness are inseparable. It's coming to a time that we are spiritually bankrupt, and the only way out is when we call on God. Augustine, the very great theologian from some time ago, says this, you cannot truly pray until you account yourself desolate to the world. You cannot truly pray until you understand that you are in desperate need of God's grace. You cannot truly pray until you can understand that you have a helper, a man of power, a superior being who wants to help you along the way. It's those moments that we are demoralized, that we're spiritually bankrupt, that we're at the lowest of the lows in our life, that we can have this communion with God that can work in a way we can't even see. Romans 8.26, the Apostle Paul, he writes this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. It's in these moments of weakness we can find confidence in the great I am. When we talk about prayer, uh, it's interesting, anytime you communicate, you always reflect in what's happening in your own life. And I remember this moment with my wife and I, we were at one of the darkest moments in our life when we lost our job. For three and a half months, we didn't know what to do. We were in and out. Do we stay? Do we continue to follow God's call? Or God, through this hurt and pain, do we step aside and try to figure something else out in our life? And very many sleepless nights in this moment and in this season. And I remember looking at her at night and and just saying, what do we do? And I remember she just rolled over like, Blake, we just got to pray. So when we weren't sleeping, we would just pray. And I remember waking up at 2.33 in the morning, just praying. And it was that season, I look back now, it's been about four or five years, and I look back and I just, and I, and I say, God, like those moments when we were lost, when we didn't know what to do, when we were shaken, was some of the most sincere and most real moments in our life, some of the most shaping moments in our life. I want to encourage you, I feel there's some of you that we've looked at the prayer requests that you've submitted through on Sundays, on Wednesdays. Some of you are going through some really hard moments in your life. I want to encourage you, when you pray, God will move. God will do things you can't even imagine, but it's in moments that you have to lean in when you don't feel like praying, when you have to say, hey, I have to work right here. God, work for this relationship. Lord, help me. It's when you pray in your darkest moments that God will show up. Now, when life is pretty calm compared to what it was, I look back and I seek some of those most intimate moments I had with God in my prayer time. See, sometimes God uses those situations to draw us close to him. And the question we have to ask is, how are we going to respond? Revelation 3.20 says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in into him and eat with him and he with me. Many times when we read this passage, we look at it and 
We say, you know what, it's this appeal to call for non-believers in salvation. However, whenever ancient times there is this invitation for dinner, what the writer of Revelation is saying, there's this invitation that Jesus has for us when he's knocking on the door that he wants to grow in friendship, in communion, in a way we do that is through our prayer life. Church, faith assembly is... We move through the the days upcoming. Our world, our community, the people of our body, they need prayer. We need prayer. I want to encourage you when it comes to praying, are we looking at God and saying, God, thank you for your grace. God, we believe in the great I am. God, we are living in this moment of being just mesmerized by your vastness and God. We're broken, but we know that you are there for us, that you will see us through. So as we wrap up tonight, I was reminded earlier this week the need for us to respond in prayer. We can talk about prayer. We can discuss prayer. We can have conversation about prayer. But I felt just as as I was standing there and listening to our awesome worship team that we need to incorporate a little bit more prayer on a prayer and worship night tonight. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to evaluate some of the things going on maybe in your personal life, maybe in this community, in this world, maybe some of the people, we've, we've read different prayer requests from domestic violence to lost loved ones to pain to hurt to addiction and I was amazed whenever we ask for prayer requests, how many people submit prayer requests of some of the real needs, the real hurts that are going on in life. So I felt it appropriate being just the next few minutes, we're gonna enter into a time of prayer right where you're at. You can just stay seated and you can pray. And then Pastor Steve and team, they'll conclude in worship and Pastor Steve Anderson will come out and dismiss service. But I just wanna encourage you, God hears our prayer. God hears our prayer. God, tonight as we enter into this final moment of our midweek service, Lord, we call on your name. We know that there is grace provided for you and that we that provided for us that we understand your goodness. Lord, I pray for those who are hurting, who are going through things, who need to pick me up. Lord, we pray a special blessing in their life. We pray that you move in their life, that you encourage them, that you guide them, Lord. Lord, we call on you right now as we enter into these moments of prayer that you just move. May your spirit move in a way we can't even see, can't even imagine. We petition you, Lord, and we give you thanksgiving. In your great name, we say amen. Let's pray, church. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.